Well, good morning, Lifehouse family. How's everyone doing today? So good to see everybody. You are the, the spiritual ones. You're at the 9 a.m. service. The more spiritual people come to the early service because y'all love Jesus more than those 1030 folk because <laughs> you guys get up earlier and you want to get it in. Yeah, so uh, Sunday, May 20th, we are going to be having our second night of worship which is a special night for us. Baptisms, baby dedications, worship, vision. It is just going to be an incredible night. Honestly, it's going to be a party. If you have never been baptized, we would love the opportunity to baptize you and come alongside you as you publicly declare your faith in Jesus Christ. If you've got babies and they have not been dedicated, we would love to share in that moment with you also uh, of, of basically coming alongside you as a parent and saying, and saying hey, look, we, we as a church want to come alongside you and help you and partner with you in raising your kids to love and serve Jesus. So if you would like to do baptisms, baby dedications, either of those things, we want to give you a cell phone number that, that you can text 757 755-4759. Just, just, just simply text that. Text us your name, what you want to, to do, whether it's baptisms or baby dedications, and then just text us your email, and we will give you further, further information to sign up for that. Also, really, really quick, I want to give a shout out to Michael Knapp. I'm not sure where, where Michael Knapp is. Is Michael Knapp here? Michael Knapp, are you in the room? I can't see anybody. He went to the bathroom. Okay, great. Well, sorry, Mike. You're going to miss your shout out then. You should have been in, 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 in here. No, no, no. Mike, though, he, he directs music here at Lifehouse, and every single week he coordinates volunteers, musicians, songs, all, all of those different things, and he just does an incredible job getting our worship team ready each and, each and every Sunday. So can, can we just, Lifehouse family, give it up for Mike, even though he's not here, so maybe when, when he walks in, we'll just clap and make him feel awkward. How do, does, does that sound? <laughs> no, but uh, so, hey, we are in the third week of our series, Divine Direction, um, which really the concept behind this series is we want to know God's will. Like all of us, I don't think no one here like doesn't want to know God's will. All of us want to know what is, what is God leading me to do? Why is he calling me to go there? Where is he calling me? Should I actually marry this person instead of just date them? Should I go to this city, not go to this city? We have all of these different questions that many of us ask God and we plead, God, give us the answer. Please just, just tell me. The first week though, uh, back on April 8th, we laid this foundation of many times our priorities of what's important to God isn't actually important to us. And what is important to us isn't important to God, really. Many times we are concerned about the what when God is more concerned about the who. God is so much more concerned about who you are becoming more honestly than really, I believe, what you are doing. Like, you can ask God all day, God, do you want me to go to this city? Do you want me to take this job? But if you are a hateful person, your first priority should be becoming more loving. That is moving in the direction that God, that is God's will. That is God's will for you more than really even where you live, what you work, who you marry. 
God wants to work more on who you are, more than just your job, your vocation, your wife, your husband, whatever. He is more concerned about who you are becoming. So, so since then, we have talked about uh, a couple different traits of going in the divine direction of being more like Jesus and, and more towards God's will. Last week was, was, was generosity. And so if you did not get a chance to check that out, you can go iTunes, SoundCloud, and check that podcast out. Today, though, we are going to be checking out this concept of faith. Faith. Everyone say faith. faith. Moving in the divine direction of faith. And basically saying if, if we are going to move more towards the who, we're going to have to become people of faith. Um, now, it, our world is funny because it pretty much breaks it down into kind of two different people of faith and people that don't have faith, which I think is funny because everybody got faith. I don't care who you are. Like, <laughs> this is the way it's so weird. Like, you have faith that there's no faith. Makes a lot of sense, right? It's like, so you're telling me you've you got the faith to say that there's no faith. Um, but it's like everyone's got faith. And let me tell you who's got the most faith, atheist. Like there are times I wish I had the faith of an atheist. It takes a lot of faith and trust to be like what we've got now, this world we have, the, the, the bodies we have, the discomplete intricacies of how this world is made. And scientists go and search for how this world was made, the intricacies of it. And it's like I believe science and faith can actually work together. Science does a great job of telling us in, in some ways how, but it never explains why. Do you understand that? You cannot scientifically deduct why we're here. You can't do it. You can't do math on that. So it's like, it's like atheists. Like they, they have to put a lot of faith in the fact of in the beginning, bang. Instead of in the beginning, God. Like, okay, so that happened billions of years ago. Let me tell you, atheists, anyone that, you weren't there. When the bang happened, billions of years ago. So do you know what it takes to actually believe that that happened? Faith. Yeah, you can scientifically say, well, you know, we can see scientists, things, things change. B billions, y'all. B-b-b-b-billions, and I'm not stuttering, right? Billions of years. <laughs> billions of years it takes. So this whole idea of, are you a person of faith? Are you, a person? you got faith. But this, it's the, really the truth is what or who do you have faith in? And if we're going to move in the direction of going towards more of who God is, we got to become people of faith. Why? Because following Jesus is going to certainly entail at some point things aren't going to make sense. Like, I've been on this journey 17, 18 years. There are things that God will lead you and call you to that in your right mind and in your eyes and what you see it does not make any sense of why you feel and sense God leading you in different areas it just won't make sense so if you try to say God I want to know your will but you don't exercise faith 
I don't believe you could really ever step into God's will because God's will was so centered around the fact that things won't make sense. And there will be plenty of times where you've got to step out and exercise a level of faith and put your trust not in what you can see, but put your faith in what God said and in who God is. So if we're ever going to step into God's will, I believe we've, we've got to get this concept of faith. The faith chapter in the whole Bible, there's so many scriptures I could do on faith, so many things that I could say on faith, but I ain't got the time. I always go over any anyway, so God help me. Y'all can pray for me. I'm trying to get my sermon shorter. <laughs> Hebrews 11, though. This is called the faith chapter. This is kind of the hall of faith where if anyone speaks on faith, they typically go here. This is instead of the, the hall of fame, it's kind of called the hall of faith because all of the great heroes of the faith mentioned in scripture are sort of of in this chapter here and it starts off though first off defining faith check this out hebrews 11 1 says now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see it's basically faith is basically a strong trust in somebody or something even though you can't actually see them or see exactly how one plus one equals two it's 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 kind of like this you, you just gotta trust Right? And then in, in Hebrews 11.6, it says this strong statement, without faith it is impossible to please God. I remember like, really? Like, this is actually so, yes, because just like I said, number one, if you're going to step out and follow Jesus and follow God's will, like, I, I got stuff going on, y'all. I'm sorry. If I, like, stop, it's just something like I'm trying to get my brain together here. But it's like, if, if you're going to step out, then it is going to take you going against what seems right many times. It's going to go against what seems like what you should actually do. It's going to go against logic, and you're going to have to step out in faith. Also, though, faith is what saves us. By grace through faith, Ephesians 2, it, it says that by grace through faith, we are saved. We take essentially what Jesus did on the cross jesus lived a perfect and sinless life went to the cross and died the death that we should have died because of our sin but what we all have to do then is just put our faith in what jesus did on the cross for us put our trust in what jesus did and we accept it as a free gift by grace meaning you can't earn it there's no good works you can do to receive god's free gift of salvation it is simply received by grace through trust and faith in what Jesus did. And what happens there is what Jesus did on the cross is credited to your account. The price that Jesus paid then covers your and takes away your sin debt. That is why without faith it's impossible to please God because you're going to have to do some things that, that don't make sense, but ultimately we're saved by grace through faith. But I believe, I don't think there's not one person here that would say, I don't want more faith. Because I sincerely believe that all of us here you want to grow in your faith. You wish you had more faith. As a matter of fact, you beat yourself up because you feel like you don't have enough faith. I've been in church 20 years, and I still doubt God. I've been in church for 15, 20 years. I grew up in church. I can't believe where my life is going. I can't believe that I haven't done more. I can't believe that my faith is where it's at. And you beat yourself up, and you condemn yourself. I believe this. I, I sincerely believe that everyone here, if you are in this building, if you came to this building here this Sunday that you honestly and sincerely want to grow in your faith. And my, my heart today, by God's Holy Spirit, is that you would see faith today in a whole new light. And that your faith today, you will leave more confident 
in who you are, more confident in God's uh, ability in you, and that you will leave today built up. We're going to pray. Can we do that? Jesus, we just submit to you right now. God, I pray for every ear here. I pray that they would not just listen, but they would hear. God, that they would hear your words today. God, even if it's not me speaking, let your Holy Spirit speak to them. Build them up in faith today. God, build us up in the most holy faith because, God, we want to move. We want to move in, in the direction of your will. And, God, by your grace, you would make us more and more built up in our faith so we can do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. I just want to give you a few things that I believe will build your faith today. Number, number one, understand that faith is like a muscle. It won't grow unless it's tested. <laughs> I could just preach right here all day. It's so funny, man. We want to grow in our faith, but we don't want to go through tests. In the same way, we want to look like bodybuilders, but we don't want to eat right. In the same way, we want to look like bodybuilders, but we don't want to go to the gym. We want to have the benefits of faith without, with, without actually going through the process of faith. I believe that if we would submit to the process of building faith, that God would then actually begin to build faith. James chapter 1 Verse 2 through 4, James said this, Consider it pure joy. Hallelujah! Joy! My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, anyone here glad when they face a trial? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I believe we have so many underdeveloped Christians. So many underdeveloped Christians. Why? Because when they go through stuff, when they go through tests and trials, like they're almost surprised. Like, God, I followed you to not go through any more tests. That's the whole reason I did this thing. I thought if I started to follow you, it would be easier. I thought when I started to follow you, it would just be like rainbows and lollipops and just going through the fields, just, you know, all wonderful and great, right? Like, but, that, but that's what we can think, and unfortunately, that's what some people preach. Like, start to follow Jesus, and it'll be easier. But let me tell you, that's a complete lie. Many times, whenever you start to follow Jesus, like, it's going to actually, in some ways, life's going to get more difficult. It's going to get a tad bit more hard. So we can't be surprised. We can't be shocked whenever we start to step out in faith and follow Jesus whenever stuff hits you. But we can be assured and we can be encouraged that those things aren't coming because God doesn't like us. Those things are probably coming because God loves you. Those tests and trials are there not to destroy you, but to build you. And I think many times we don't need our circumstances changed. We need our perspective changed. Where many times we see our circumstances as, why would God do this to me? I can't believe he would do this. When in, when in reality, we need to say, okay, Jesus, I don't fully understand what the heck you're doing here, but I'm going to trust that you have a purpose and plan in this, and you are more concerned about the person that I am becoming even more than you are about my happiness. We can be so locked on this fact that God is here to make us happy. Let me tell you, he's not here to make you happy. I know that might make y'all some of y'all mad. He's not here to make you happy. He's here to make you holy. And the way that you be holy is through faith. And the way that you have faith is not just by sitting on the couch. The way you have faith is by getting up and working out and get this, time under tension. That's how you build muscle. 
don't know if y'all see me. I've been in the gym a little bit. <laughs> Had some time under tension. And then protein shakes, too, help. <laughs> time under tension. You will not grow in your faith if you don't have any time under tension. We want the testimony without the test. We want the blessing with no burden. We want victory with no battle. I'm telling y'all, man, this is, if y'all get this, if y'all get this, I honestly believe you'll start to see a lot of things in your life differently. Why? Because you're seeing it through the eyes of faith and knowing that God is working on you. It's not that he doesn't like you. But, y'all, let's just be honest. Right? We can many times think that God is punishing us or something like that, when in reality you just made a stupid decision. <laughs> I love this sign here. This just made my life awesome. I just want to share this with you. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you're stupid. And make bad decisions. <laughs> Whoever did that sign, I need to meet them. Because <laughs> I love them. <laughs> so I think sometimes we can blame stuff on God. And like, God, man, I'm going through these trials. Let me tell you whose fault it isn't. God's. Sometimes a lot of things we go through is because, God, I'm financially strapped. I can't believe it. Why don't I have any money at the end of the month? I want to give to the church, but I just can't. And you got a $600 car payment. Well, <laughs> I'm so stressed in my finances. I would love the opportunity, God, to have some time to serve. I just don't have the time to go to a life group. I don't have the time to get involved. I don't have the time to do this stuff. And you're working three jobs because you are so insecure about your money that you give all your time to working and you don't take any time to actually rest, refresh, replenish because you have a deep insecurity about needing to have so much money. So what what I'm trying to, to say is let's make sure we know what is actually a test and what is our dumb decision. Okay, because I think we can many times blame God for stuff that we just straight out rebelled and did what we wanted to. And then we come to God whining and complaining because the test has come on us and it's something that we've brought instead of something that God's brought. And it's like, oh, snap, now we're starting to blame God for stuff that we did. Right. So, hey, <laughs> let's 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 embrace the test. Let's let's get in the gym. Let's get in the gym a, a little bit. Let's not be dismayed when we encounter trials. Let us change our perspective and say, God, what are you doing here? Because let me tell you this. We see here, God sees here. You only see the trial. God sees the end. You think you're just upset about what's going on here. When God says, brother, if you don't go through this, you'll never be able to handle this. If you can't handle this, you'll never be able to handle this. So God is trying to get you and build you and get you time under tension. Why? So you can take on more weight. So you can take on more of life. Because life is not easy, y'all. God did not come to make our lives easier. Jesus came to make us more, more holy. What you see in Scripture, honestly, is that those who follow Jesus in many ways went through the most trials. But it was what God did in them, in those trials, that made them be able to be a hero of faith that we read in Hebrews 11. So guys, let's embrace it. Let's embrace the test. Secondly, to build your faith, put more confidence in God's character than your circumstances. 
I'm not ready to preach this thing. Put more faith in God's character than your circumstances. You know, so, so many of you are in this place where you feel like your faith is this roller coaster. Like you, you're at this point, you're like, oh, God is so good. And then you go down this like dip. And you're, you're just like, man, why am I so up and down? I'm like a schizophrenic. I'm like a bipolar Christian. I'm up one second, down the next. Like, why is this? I think because many times we put our faith in our circumstances more than God's character and who God is. The Bible says this, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we put our faith instead of our circumstances that are up and down, that are like a stinking roller coaster. What ends up happening is then our faith ends up doing that also. But what if we bypassed our circumstances and feelings and went to the source, which is God? What if we put our faith in the source instead of our circumstances? Then I think our faith might be a little more solid because it's built on somebody and something that doesn't change. Instead of building it on circumstances that do change daily. Do change every day. You're full of emotions. I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm, I'm having a bad day. Oh, Jesus, God, I'm almost tripped. Like, you're like, I need coffee. You know, it's like, it's like you're, just, you're just having a bad day. Things aren't, aren't, aren't good. You get bad news. Work fires you. You're having a problem with someone at work. And it's so easy just for our lives to be like this. But until we get past this and get, and get to the one and put our faith and trust that is just beyond this stuff and puts our faith and trust in the one in God's character and God's calling, then we will never, ever have a stable, secure, anchored faith. Let me tell you this, man. I, I, I've, oh my God, I've lived this. You know, it's like, if you talk to me for more than like 10 minutes, you know I stutter, right? I mean, I, I just want to apologize. Some of y'all, we've been in, in conversation. I'm trying to get words out, and you're like, <laughs> is this guy okay? What's going on, right? But it's like, I, you know, my, you know I, I, I've stuttered my whole life. And uh, when I started to serve Jesus, it was so funny because I felt this urge to preach. I don't know if you've seen a stuttering preacher before. I've looked online. I haven't seen many of them. I've maybe seen like one. And, and so it, it was crazy how I felt this deep call to preach, but I had this, this, this deep, what I felt, insecurity and this deep, just like hindrance of it wouldn't make sense that God would call me to do something that I felt so incapable of doing. And I remember, you know, so, so many times of, of uh, getting up on stages and, you know, starting people, we can have bad days and good days. And I just remember having so many bad days and getting up and coming off stage and, and being like, yep, I'm done with this. Forget you, God. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing that I've ever done. I'm going to go drive a bread truck where I can just go and drop bread off in different places and just move on, you know? It's like, I'm going to go do something a little more comfortable, but, I, but I've just felt this feeling, this urge to just get up and preach God's word. And, and I remember so, so many times of the conflicting thoughts of what I feel God calling me to do and what my feelings are telling me. And I've got this conflict going on. And my feelings go like this, because there's some days I wake up and it's good. There's some days I wake up and I'm like, okay, I can do this. And there's, then there's other days I'm like, oh, this is going to be crash and burn, <laughs> you know. But it's, it's like, so what do I do? Do I put my faith in the way that I feel or do I put my faith in what I feel God's calling is on my life and base my faith based on what he's called me to do and what, and what his character is more than what I do like this up and 
down. So I honestly, I've had to hit this point where God has been so good to me, where I've said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. God's called me to preach and speak, and you know what, the rest is up to him. If I stutter my head off the whole time, well, that's, that's God's fault. Okay, it's like whatever, it's like, you know, it's like whatever, all right? <laughs> Sorry, all right? But it's like I'm just going to do what God has called me to do. It's, it's going to be Jesus loves you, you know what I'm saying? Let's do this thing. Okay, but he, here is the truth here. The, the truth here is this. Are you going to put more faith in your circumstances or more faith in God's character and calling on your life? You know, and, and really, here's the thing. Like, I've pleaded with God to take this away. I've said, God, take away this stuff. Like, God, for real, if you want me to do this thing, like, take, take it away so I'm not awkward. So people aren't more drawn to, like, more distracted by that than they are to you. Like, God, you know, I've said prayers like, God, I'll do anything. God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. Just take it away. And God's told me no. Can you receive an, a, a no from God and still keep your faith? Because I always thought people that had the most faith were the ones that they just pray and stuff happens. And I'm like, ooh, those are the ones. They got the more faith than anybody. Woo! Get a prayer from them. But you know what I've learned is those that have the most faith are those that can pray something and get a no and still keep the faith. So I've said, God, you keep telling me no, but I'm going to keep on preaching. And God, if you do say yes, awesome. But even if you don't, I am not going to let my circumstances and my feelings dictate what I believe God has called and destined me to do. So I'm going to have faith more in his character than my circumstances. Where do you need to have more faith in God's character than in your circumstances? Come on, somebody. Because God's a father. He's not a sugar daddy. <laughs> we want God to be a sugar daddy more than a father, but his character is he's a father. And I've got kids, and now I have a little insight of probably what God feels like when I got my two-year-old moaning and complaining because I didn't cut his peanut butter jelly the right way. Let me tell you what I want to do. I'll take that peanut butter jelly and shove it down his throat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let some anger out here. <laughs> but it's like I can... You know, it's, it's, it's like, I'm not trying to make him happy. If I was, it'd be Mountain Dew and Skittles for breakfast. It would be video games on your schedule. My son, he somehow snuck in, got the, got the iPad, typed in the code. I don't know how he knew. Woke up at, four, at 4.30 one day. Or I, I woke up at 4.30 a.m. to go to the bathroom go into his room, and guess who's on the iPad? I said, Jackson, I hope you enjoyed your time playing this iPad because you're not playing it for a very long time. Now, if I was all about his happiness, I'll do, just do it, man. I just want to make sure you're happy, Jackson. No, because I'm trying to store up in him I'm trying to store up in him, not a thing that he could do whatever he wants, and it's just like all about his happiness. I'm trying to store up in him maturity. I'm trying to store up in him character. I'm trying to store up, and there's going to be times where I'm going to tell him no. He's not going to fully understand. 
but that's okay. Why? Because I see here, he only sees here. He doesn't understand. That's someone's phone. I thought that was the altar call music. <laughs> no, that is so funny. Because I was like, that's the most interesting altar call music I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and secondly, where's the that coming from? <laughs> Thanks for ruining the sermon, Jacob. I really honestly. <laughs> even if faith, even if, even if God doesn't do what you want him to do, are you going to put your faith in him, in his character, and in who God is? Because I believe God has good things for you. Now, I believe, no, Hebrews 11, right? You know, you read in that. You always, and we, I feel it's always funny. We always read the first part where it talks about Gideon and it talks about Moses and Noah and all these spiritual giants that had all the, that, that, you know, that shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames, shut the lion's mouth. Like just amazing. But then I read about, this isn't on any Christian greeting cards that I've seen. This isn't in good old heaven and earth on a plaque, it says, but then it's talking about some other people who had faith. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. You know, sometimes faith gets us through something instead of delivers us from something. Get that. Sometimes faith, we always think faith is I just pray and God will just take it. Sometimes your faith won't just get you out of something, but it'll get you through something. Many of you say, I've prayed for this, this cancer that I've had. I've got this health issue that I'm going through right now. Like, I've prayed that God would take it away, and nothing has happened yet. Let me encourage you. Keep the faith. Don't put your faith in what you can see. Put your faith in who you can't see. Put your faith in God's character towards you that he will take and make all things work toward, for your good in his purpose and his timing. And faith will deliver you through something even more than it will deliver you from something. So my prayer today is that you would have that faith. Worship team, if you guys could go ahead and come on up. I got one more point about how we build our faith. Number, number three, you build your faith by remembering God's faithfulness in the past. We build our faith by remembering God's faithfulness in the past. Some of y'all shouldn't be here right now. Some of y'all should be dead. Some of y'all should be in terrible relationships. Some of y'all should be broke. Some of y'all look back on college years, and you're like, Lord Jesus, thank God for your goodness. Right? But I believe that as, as we take time, because you know what we're so bad at doing is taking time to look back that we're so focused on the here and now that we never take time to reflect 
on God's faithfulness in the past. And God's faithfulness in the past will always be fuel for God's faithfulness in the future. It's Israel. Like how many things did Israel, did God deliver Israel from? And he always had to play this remember game. And that's why you think the Old Testament was crazy. Why'd they have all these crazy laws and all these crazy rituals and all that stuff? Many times it was to put in place systematic reminders for them to remind upcoming generations of God's faithfulness. Like they, they, had them, they, they had them do this whole weird thing where they would take rocks and put them in certain places. And what that was supposed to actually say is, don't forget, don't forget, God split the seas and you went through it. And after you got a million people through it, Pharaoh's army came and Pharaoh's army died. So remember God's faithfulness and goodness in future generations. I think as people, we need some systematic reminders of God's faithfulness. Now, you might not think that. You might say, I don't know how God has been faithful to me. My life has been tough. Here's the bottom line. You're sitting in this room right now. You're sitting in this room right now. And you don't have to be. And my thing is, is that if God has been good to you that you're sitting in this room here, despite what you've been through, despite what you're going through, I believe that if you actually take the time to look back and see things with a different perspective instead of just the circumstance, see the different perspective, you will see God has been faithful to you. Scripture tells us this in 2 Timothy 2. When we are faithless, God is faithful. Many of you here, you are faithless with God, but he was faithful with you. You ran from God, but he ran after you. You didn't want nothing to, to do with God, but he wanted everything to do with you. So y'all, my encouragement to you is to take time and look back and see the faithfulness of God. I can tell you right now, I remember there was a time Kristen and I, we're going through a financial, like we had about a $3,000 hole. She had taken off of work and we had to supplement income during, during that time. And I was thinking I'm gonna have to get a third job or something like that. And I just re remember in our bank account one day, um, $4,000 showed up and I was like, what the heck? And it said IRS. And I was like, oh no, IRS gave me money when they shouldn't have. Do I really want to report this? Because I don't like the IRS. <laughs> you know what I'm it's, like, it's like you're thinking through all of this stuff, but it was crazy. We did our tax return and we missed the child credit. And the IRS found it and gave us $3,000 on top of our normal tax return. I said, if God will use the IRS, if God will use the IRS to make up the difference in my, in my finances, let me tell you this, anything's possible. What does that do? It fuels me. Yeah, I know the numbers might not line up here, God's faithful. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how this is going to be taken care of. But I got more faith in his character than in my circumstance. You need to go back and remember God's faithfulness to you. Stay in church. We're going to take some time here. We're going to sing this song, Do It Again. The power in this song is simply this. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe you'll do it again.
And I believe some of you today, this needs to be your faith declaration of you saying, God, I don't understand, I don't get it, but I believe I've seen you do stuff in my life. I haven't completely understood that, but I believe that you are going to do it again. Why? Because I'm gonna put more faith in God's character and God's calling than in my circumstance. I'm gonna remember to God's faithfulness. I'm gonna get in the game and I'm not gonna not get into God's gym. I'm gonna be built up and I'm gonna be everything that God has called me to be for his glory. Let's sing church, let's build our faith. Let's say God, let our prayer be. God, give me more faith in who you are and what you've done. Come on church.